I, I have something strange in my spirit, but I'm going to go ahead and obey God. One of the things I learned before I get into my message, one of the things I learned from Doyle was to talk to the devil. I was brought up, don't you talk to the devil. And then I moved in the house, and I remember the first time he did it. I heard him say, I think he was in the next room, shut up. That's a lie. I thought he was talking to me. And for a couple days, I kept hearing, that's a lie. And I thought he was talking to me. And I said, I haven't even been talking to you. And he said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the devil. Do you know it broke my, one of my little shells. You ever had shells around you? To turn around and to tell the devil, you're a liar. One night, I finally broke through, and I walked through that whole house. Door wasn't there. I was there alone. And I mean, I walked through the house. You're a liar, devil. You're a liar. You're a liar. You hear that? You're a liar. That's a lie. Do you know what? It, it, I got delivered. I got delivered. Let me hear you say, devil, that's a lie. <laughs> Do it again with enthusiasm. Oh, you guys need practice. All right, turn with me to Isaiah 63. The devil is a liar. Do you know that he only lies? He is the father of lies. He cannot tell the truth. If he, if he reads you a scripture, it's distorted. He cannot tell the truth. Now, if you will go with me to Isaiah 63. This past week, Doyle and I and Aaron and David were in his office praying. And Doyle was praying to the Father out loud, and we were listening. And we were witnessing to his praying to the Father. And afterwards, God answered immediately. It was amazing. I had a tongue. Doyle finished his prayer, and I said, Doyle, I have a tongue. And I gave it. And Doyle gave the first interpretation, but, but it wasn't done. And I gave the second. And where I got that interpretation, I, it, I, it was pulled out of Isaiah. And when I heard my mouth say it, I was filled with joy. Filled with joy. There is a word in here. And I love when the Father and the Holy Ghost ministers words to my heart because they become life. They become live. And there is a word in here we're going to look at. It is verse 7 of 63. It says, I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all the Lord has bestowed on us. And the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. For he said, surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their savior. And this next verse is where I want to get to. In all their affliction, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. The church that I grew up in and the Sunday school classes I attended did not teach me the God that's in this Bible. They did not teach me that this God is a God of love and he's a God of pity. A God of pity. That word became live to me. That word pity. It is the same word used often as mercy, but pity to me is deeper. 
But you know, when you look that word up and you study it out, you know what pity means? It means having compassion on the wretched, the ones that can't help themselves. The ones that can't help themselves. Our God will have pity. Have pity. Oh, I've seen them. I've taught them in classes. I've gone to hospitals and looked at them and worked with them. Pity the wretched, the wretched, the ones that cannot help themselves. God will help. God will help. And you know what? Our God is strong enough to help. Let's look at that verse again. In all their affliction, in all their affliction, I want to speak to the ones that are afflicted. I want to speak to those that listen to this program by shortwave radio and Roku and, and YouTube and all the other devices that we have. I want to speak to those that are afflicted, that you're going through hell right now, and you feel it. The ones that are having a really hard time, this word's for you. He said, in their love and their pity, in their love and their pity, he redeemed them. Their pity. Now, turn with me to Psalm 69. I'm going to show you a man that was looking for pity. Psalm 69, I'm going to begin in verse 19. This is Jesus, our Messiah on the cross. Why was he there? Because he had pity on the human race. Because he had pity on the human race. Compassion on the wretched. The wretched, the ones that can't help themselves, the ones that are in the pit, the ones that are in the ditch, the ones that are a mess, as we used to say. Oh, they're a mess. Well, you know what? Jesus died for the messes. He died for the wretched. He died for those that can't help themselves. All right. Verse 19. Thou hast known my reproach. This is Jesus on the cross, and he's speaking to the Father. He's on the cross. He's nailed to it. Every bone of his is becoming out of place at this point. And he is speaking to the Father. Oh, what a wonder and a joy and a comfort it is that David, the prophet, by the Spirit of Jesus, could write down what Jesus was going to feel and what Jesus was going to say when he was dying for you and I. Amen. He's dying for you on the cross right now. And that's what we're listening to, a man that's got your sin on him. It's got your wretchedness on him. It's got everything that you've done, thought, and everything else. And he's got it on his own body. And he's carrying your sickness, your affliction, your weakness, your poverty. He's got it all on him. And he's talking to the Father. And he's talking to the Father because he's got to get you saved. And he says, thou hast known my reproach. Reproach. For those of us that don't know that word, it means taking the blame. Taking the hit. Taking the, taking, taking the pressure. It says, taking the rebuke, the insults, and, the, and being despised. That's what Jesus took. He said, thou hast known my reproach and my shame. My shame. You know, Jesus hung on that cross for you with no clothes on, not a stitch. Oh, they always wrap him up in that little, that little wrap. He didn't die that way, folks. He was totally naked in front of the whole world. Why? For you. For you. He took your shame. He took your shame. Thank God you got shame. He took it. Put it back on that body where it belongs. You got shame in your heart. Put it back on that body where it belongs. 
All right, it says, he took my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before thee. Reproach has broken my heart. Is part of your affliction a broken heart? Jesus will have pity on you. He will have pity. That power is here to heal that broken heart. That power is here to heal that affliction. It says, the reproach has broken my heart. I am full of heaviness. And look at this. I look for some to take pity. I look for somebody to have pity on me. And there was none. None. This is Jesus speaking. Nobody there. He said, but there was none for comforters, but I found none. And you know how we know this is Jesus? The next verse. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. This is Jesus on the cross. He didn't get any pity. He didn't get any pity. And you know why he didn't get any pity? So God could have pity on you. So God could have pity on you. So God could have pity on you. Comfort. Comfort to the wretched. Help for the wretched. Mercy for the wretched. Are you in a wretched place? Oh, I've been there. I've had days. I've had days. And you know what? The man came. The man, Jesus, came. One of my favorite stories about God's pity. God's pity. It's a story that Doyle tells, a story that he heard. And if I get this right, there was a man, drunk, lying in his own vomit in the back of a gas station in the, where, they, where they stored the tires, lying on the ground in his own vomit. I've seen it. And he said a rich man came in and saved him, had pity on him. A rich Jew. A rich Jew, that's right. Did that man ask for it? No. But Jesus came anyway. Why? Because he has pity. He has pity. You need some pity? Oh, we all, you know what? You won't walk with God until you get to the place that you need pity, that you know that you are wretched. When you figure it out and you know in your heart, when you see how wretched you are and you need all the pity you can get, that's when God can deal with you. But I've, but you know what? God dealt with that man and saved him. Saved him. Met him, in the, met him in the garage. Met him on the floor in his own vomit. The rich Jew was Jesus. The rich Jew was Jesus. He had pity on him. It comes in my spirit right now. There is a young man. There is a young man and you are, in, you are in deep trouble and you don't know what to do and you are hooked on drugs and you can't get off of them and you are going through withdrawal right now. Ask for pity. Ask for pity. I've seen people delivered. I have seen people delivered with my own eyes. Ask for the Savior to have pity on you and watch him show up and save you. Watch him show up and save you. All right, I want to bring some of these. That word pity in the New Testament is alina, alino, E-L-E-E-O in English uh, letters, alino. You know that word pity is mentioned once in the New Testament, but it's used several times. You know there was a woman of Canaan that had a daughter that was grievous tormented. She came to Jesus. 
And she said, Jesus, have mercy on me. You know what that word was? Pity. Have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed. Was she a Jew? No. Did she obey the law? No. She wasn't even a Jew. And you know what? She was a Syrophoenician by, by, by nation. You know what? Jesus said, you don't give the crumbs to the dogs. You know what that woman said? I need your mercy. Even the dogs eat the crumbs off the table. You know what? She got what she came for. She asked for that mercy and she got it. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sitting by the roadside begging, heard Jesus coming down the street. You know why he heard him and didn't see him? He was blind. He could not see. So he pipes up, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I need your pity. I need your pity. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. They told him to shut up. He, loud, he yelled even louder. He yelled even louder, have mercy on me. You know, when you ask for mercy, it takes humility to ask for mercy. It takes humility to ask for pity. And you know what? You'll get it. You'll get it. You call out until you get it, and it'll come. You know what? Blind Bartimaeus went away seeing. Ten lepers went and saw Jesus. Called out. They couldn't get near him. Leprosy. Ten men. You know what the only thing they had in their future was? Their limbs falling off and them dying. Nobody could touch them. Nobody could help them. Nobody would come near them. Ten lepers in the distance. Jesus, have pity on us. Have pity on us. Have mercy on us. And do you think he did? Yes, in his love and in his pity. He came in his love and in his pity. He came. You know what? Ten lepers went away, see, or went away healed, totally healed, totally healed. There was a, a, the, the, the gathering, the gathering. God sent Jesus to the gathering. Jesus gets to the gathering, cast 3,000 devils out of a man. The swine, 3,000 swine go to the river. You know, it, it would take 3,000 devils for 3,000 swine to head for the river or, and drown in the sea. And you know what? The, the, the gathering in his right mind, in his right mind. You think Jesus had pity on that man? Do you think Jesus had pity on that man? Did Jesus, did that man ask for Jesus to come? No, the father sent him. The father sent him. When the gathering saw him, he ran to Jesus. Do you hear that? He ran to Jesus. Why? Because his spirit knew who Jesus was. There was his help. Run to Jesus. Don't run away from the man. Run to him because he'll have pity. He'll have mercy. He'll have pity. He will. It says, those that come to me, I will in no wise come I will no wise cast out. He will not cast you out if you run to him. Oh, you say, but you don't know what I've done. Run to him even faster. The gathering had 3,000 devils. They couldn't even put the guy in chains. He'd break every one of them. He was so demon-possessed. He ran to Jesus. Jesus cast all those devils out. The man is sitting there in his right mind, clothed. And he says, Jesus, I want to go with you. You know what Jesus said? No. I want you to go back to your family and show them what great mercy 
what great mercy God had on you. You know what that word is? Same word as pity. God had pity. God had mercy on the gathering. You know, there are, um, what was the, there was one more. But uh, there were five cases where, oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I've seen it. I had, I had a student like this in my class. Oh, thank you, Jesus. A man went to Jesus. He said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have pity on me. I have a son who's a lunatic. A son who's a lunatic. He said, have mercy on me. Did Jesus turn him away? Did Jesus send him away? No. Get to Jesus. He will have mercy and pity on you. And you know what? That child was delivered of his lunacy. That child was delivered of his epilepsy. Do you know that Jesus can do that? Do you know Jesus can do that? Do you know that man didn't have the epilepsy? His, his child did. But the man got to Jesus. Our God has mercy. Our God has pity. If you are in a situation, if you are in a bad situation, if you're going through hell, go to Jesus. He will in no wise cast you out. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've been. You get to him. You go to him. And he will have pity on you and save you. And save you. And you know, part of that being saved is born again. Part of that being saved is receiving Jesus into your heart. And I'm going to give this back to Dole. And I'm going to ask that he lead at the end people how to be saved all you have to do speak his name you'll be saved jesus thank you for joining kathy davidson and the ministers of music from water of life church she would love to hear from you you may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.